Canine Cast number 44 is sponsored by Home Again. Home Again ID microchips at homeagainpets.com. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. This is Walter with the Canine Cast recap. In case you missed the last episode, Canine Cast number 43. We had a huge discussion about invisible fences, as well as information. <laughs> On spaying and neutering at a vet versus spaying and neutering at a shelter. Thanks, Walter. Today, we're going to be talking about bringing a new puppy home and introducing it to the resident dog that's already there, as well as a really cute uh, listener story about a dog and a computer. All right. So I guess we'll get into the first email that you brought up. This is from Daniel. We've been thinking of getting a puppy who would arrive at a household with an older, already established dog. What sort of behavior should we expect as they adjust to each other? We'd hate for the older dog to bully or terrorize the puppy, so a few tips on helping them get along would be quite welcome. The older dog is a Dalmatian. Sometimes she likes to pick fights with other dogs, but seems to be quite respectful of puppies. The newer dog will be a female Great Dane. Also, would it be confusing for the puppy to have two masters? We were debating the convenience of having an alpha human for the puppy which probably means the other human would have to take on a lesser role on the puppy's care, feeding, training, and so on. Is this convenient, or should both humans get equally involved with the new dog as far as training and establishing a figure of authority? Regards, Daniel. Thanks for writing in about that, Daniel, and congratulations on your new puppy who will soon be joining your family. Um, to Well, to start at the beginning, um, regarding actually bringing the puppy home and introducing it to Bela, um, the older dog who's already there. First of all, the ASPCA has a great, great write-up on introducing a dog to other members of the family. Um, you know, small, small animals, other, other dogs. Um, it's, it's absolutely great. So a lot of the information that I tell you, you'll be able to see in there. But I highly suggest that you check it out and kind of use that as a guide as you're bringing your new puppy home. Now, um, one thing that I've heard regarding, uh, regarding dogs interacting, meeting, living together, and so forth, is that um, actually uh, even dogs that will have, say, maybe other problems with um, dogs of their same gender may be a little bit better with dogs of an opposite gender. Just, you know, just as an FYI uh, for everybody out there, sometimes that's true, sometimes it's not. So um, you never know. We're, uh, we're experiencing some living in an apartment. Our neighbors are going in and out of the doors a lot tonight, so you're hearing our dogs letting us know about that. But uh, sorry for the interruption. Back to your... Tyler just totally got underneath the, the little desk here and knocked the microphone around. Sorry. Yeah, they're, they're very, very excited about all the activity. But sorry for the interruption. To so get like back... Canine cast number 44. Awesome. Yeah, to get back to your question. Um, but bringing, bringing in another female um, should be fine. What what you want to do is if you if you do it um, the correct way, work with your dogs, then in most cases um, they won't have any problems. Or if they do, they'll be relatively minor, and you can help them work those out fairly quickly. So um, before you even bring the puppy home, you want to go ahead and put away anything that the two could say, um, you know argue over or that kind of thing. For example, um, get the feeding bowls out of the way, um, maybe, maybe even the water bowls, any, any bones or chew toys. If, um, if the dog that's already there has anything that it, that it really loves, that it's, that, that it's, that's its favorite thing, get it out of the way. 
even if the dog has never shown any possession of these items before, it may do that to a new dog or the new dog could go over, um, you know, just to start playing with it and, you know, tease the older dog. So just get those out of the way. Remove that from the situation altogether. Um, make sure that your that your home is relatively you know uncluttered. If you if you normally have um, some some smaller cluttery areas, try to clear them out a little bit, just so that as the dogs are interacting, they feel like they have a lot of space around them and they're not going to be um, too too confined with each other as their first meeting. Now, I know that we kind of talked about a few of these subjects in Canon Cast Number Seven. Uh, but I think that was more on a concentration of socialization with a new puppy. But that's something else you might want to check into as well after you listen to this episode. Oh yes, Ab- absolutely. Thank you for interjecting that. Um, yeah, a lot of well, a, l- a lot of the socialization will come in later. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the in the question as well when we get into the training aspect. Um, so you have your home all prepared. You're ready to bring your new puppy home. What you want to do, though, is before you actually bring the puppy into your home, find a neutral meeting place for the two dogs to meet. Um, somewhat, somewhere um, outside of the home, even outside of the dog's yard would be good. If there is a park nearby, um, and I'm not saying a dog park because in the dog park there would be other dogs there, um, but somewhere where the two of the dogs could say meet is totally neutral and you could just see how they interact to each other, that would be perfect. So um, make sure that they're both leashed during the initial meeting. And what you'll want, what you'll want to do is you'll want to kind of um, have them walk past each other. And at first you don't even want them to really be able to go up to each other. You just want to walk past, um, have the two dogs walk past each other a couple of times. It's best to do this with two people, one with the puppy or one with the puppy and one with the dog that's already been established in the home. So if the two dogs are reacting uh, well towards each other in the first few passes, meaning they may, they may be, of course, wanting to go see each other and be very excited. But, you know, so long as there's no hackles up or, um, you know, snarling, growling, any tensing up, then that's fine. So long, so long as they seem, you know, fairly happy and just curious about each other, go ahead and get closer with each pass until eventually you're going to let the two dogs go up and sniff each other. Now, normally with a puppy and an older dog, you have a, a much easier time because generally the puppy will go ahead and be submissive. So the puppy may immediately just roll on their back and the older dog may sniff the puppy. And that's that's fine. That's that's almost to be expected, although some puppies won't quite do that. But um but that's absolutely fine. Just, you know, don't don't let the older dog get too too much um, you know, on the on the puppy. Just some um, you know, let them sniff, say hi, and then, you know, go on their merry way then you can go ahead and let them sniff and say hi the next time for a little bit longer. And, you know, eventually, depending on how they're doing, you'll be able to let them kind of hang out there and see each other for, you know, up to maybe a minute or so. Now, if if it's not a puppy, if it's two dogs meeting, that's when you tend to get, um, you know, a lot of a lot of posturing and they'll be tense and they'll kind of work, you know, start to work it out amongst themselves which one is going to be the dominant one. So, um, but, so that's with old, with older dogs, you have to watch a little bit more carefully, but in any, in any case, you still want to kind of, kind of have each person watch and see 
how their particular dog that they're holding is reacting. Um, For example, if the person holding the puppy sees the puppy just going to be submissive, then, you know, then that's fine. If the person holding the dog sees the dog tense up, then what you want to do is go ahead and distract the dog and bring it away from the situation. You want to attempt to not pull the dog away, although that can be very, very difficult. Um, So make sure to bring treats, toys, motivators, that kind of thing to attempt to take the dog's attention off of the other dog and put it back on you if that's something that you're going to need. So um, we'll say that, you know, at this point, you know, hopefully all, hopefully all goes well. Um, if not, you've taken the dog away. If you've had to take the dog away because it was, you know, stiff, not, you know, not real happy with the situation, then go back to where the dog was happy and there go ahead and praise it. Now, through this whole entire situation, as you're introducing the dogs, any time that they're reacting towards each other in a good way, when they're relaxed, when they're happy, when they're getting along, go ahead and praise them and tell them how wonderful they are. You can, for this, you can use treats. You can, um, probably toys are not the greatest um, thing to use in this particular situation. And if you do use treats, try to use the treats when they're actually far enough away that it doesn't look like you're giving a treat to the other dog, which can lead to, you know, some uh, bickering for the food. But just, you know, do, you you can use treats, you can use praise to try to make it um, a really good positive experience for the, for the two dogs involved. So, all right, so now you've gotten them to, to each other where they're reacting well to each other. They're very happy playing with each other on the leashes. Um, make sure to keep some some slack in the leash because some dogs will get very very uptight if if the leash is tight, um, but will be fine if the leash is loose. Just because they don't like to feel like they're held back, that makes them feel like something's wrong, and they'll react in a negative way um, towards the other dog because of that. Um, keep slack in the leash. The dogs are playing; they're getting ready to have fun. Okay, this is the point at which, if you are in an enclosed area then you can go ahead and try letting the dogs off lead. Um, if you are not in an enclosed area, then what I would recommend is that you go to um, go back towards home, try to go into um, your, your yard at home rather than going straight into the house um, and let the dogs off lead in that enclosed area. Now, when you do this, let the, let the resident dog, the, the older one that's been there longer, let them off lead first and see how they react to the new dog or the puppy. Um, If everything goes well with that, at that point, that's when you would take the puppy off the lead. You don't want to take them both off lead at the same time. So um, that's how you would do that. Also, when you do go into um, back, back into your yard or your property, go ahead and let the resident dog go onto the property first. Let them lead. Um, At this point, um, you know, that's, that's, that's their yard. Um, go ahead and you know let them, you know feel 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 like it's not being totally taken over by the other one. But at the same time, you want to say have them go in pretty much one right after another. Don't you don't want the established dog to get into the yard, run around for a little while before the other dog even comes in. So um, so if you've let them interact off lead for the first time in the neutral enclosed area, then try to go to your yard before you go in your house. Now, if you're already at the point where you've been in your yard, 
Um, you've gotten both dogs off lead. They're getting along. They're having either having a fabulous time or totally ignoring each other. Either of those is fine. Then you can go ahead and take them inside. When you do that, same thing goes. Let the established, um, put them back on lead, first of all. Let the established dog go in first and then let the puppy or the new dog go in behind. Now, it's very important that if the new dog is a puppy or a small dog, that you don't let them, um, that you don't let them, or sorry, that you don't actually carry them inside. You want to have them walk inside because um, carrying the new dog puts it in a higher position than the other dog and can um, also make matters a little bit more touchy. So make sure that they, that they both go ahead and walk on in. And then the same thing applies once you get inside. See how they're reacting on the lead. If everything's okay, take the established dog off lead. If everything's okay, then take the new dog off lead. So this can all, this can all take a little while and be a little bit time consuming, but it's well worth it in order to help the dogs get off on the best footing with one another. So um, go ahead and take your time with this. Don't automatically assume that um, that you'll be able to do this all at one time either. You may want to go ahead and you know introduce them, say, on neutral ground. They may not get along right away. If so, let them go ahead and take a break from one another, and then go back and do it later. Sometimes it'll take um, it'll take a few tries. So that is basically how to get the two dogs um, into the house together, um, getting getting along well. Now, once they get inside and they start playing around, there may be some times where you'll actually where you'll actually see them kind of, you know, posturing for a position and that kind of thing. They may, you know, they may like sniff each other and circle each other. They may push a little bit. There may be a little bit of growling. They may try to stand up on each other's shoulders. A little bit of that is okay. Just make sure that it doesn't go too far. Um, and that can, that can happen kind of quickly. Just watch and see how they react to each other. And if, you know, if one of them is being a little bit dominant and the other one is okay with it, then that's fine. If one of them is a little bit dominant and then gets a lot dominant, that's a point at which you would want to you know, distract them, take them kind of to their own corners, um, and then let them go back later on. They may also start playing really, really hard with each other, which again is fine. Um, but from that, that can turn into dominance. So don't don't let them play too, too hard when they're very, very first meeting. Let them kind of, you know, feel each other out and uh, get to be friends a little bit first. Now, once, you, once you've gotten to that point, um, you know, your, the dogs are playing, they're happy, they're having fun with each other. What you want to avoid for at least the first couple of weeks is leaving them alone together. Because even though they may be getting along just fine with you there, you want to be absolutely sure that, you know, everything is set before you leave them alone together. Um, With that, you'll also, for the first couple of weeks, want to do things like if you are going to give them um, toys, food, etc., you may want to do that with them somewhat separated for a little while while they're, you know, both getting used to each other and both getting used to the new situation. Um, that's, that's not forever. Eventually, you can go ahead and um, do those things together with most dogs. Um, but, you know, just at the beginning, go ahead and mitigate any problems that could arise by keeping all of that separated. When you do get to the point where you begin um, feeding them together, say like in the same room, still it's a, it's a good idea, and this is really always, to go ahead and have them eat from, um, from separate bowls. 
Um, that's a good idea always if you're trying to, um, you know, limit their food intake or watch their food intake or if they have different types of food, which for a puppy will be for quite some time while the puppy's growing. It's, it's very important, especially with large breed dogs, that you do watch their food intake, that you don't free feed. Um, that's one thing that you can do to help keep them from getting such things as hip dysplasia or um, having other bone and joint problems later on in life. So, um, you know, just go ahead and separate the food for the, for the first um, amount of time. And, uh, and going through all of that, they should, you know, eventually get to where, you know, they're comfortable with each other and they'll play. Now, as, as you had said, Daniel, um, that Bela is pretty respectful of puppies. A lot of dogs are are a little bit more tolerant of puppies than they would be of older dogs. So that so that's something that works in your favor when the dog that you're bringing home is a puppy. However, they can get along and love each other for months with the with the puppy, and the puppy may absolutely torture the older dog, and the older dog is fine with it for months. But um, as the as the puppy matures and becomes older, at some point the older dog will likely decide that you know it's time for the younger dog to start learning manners and so they'll probably have a few tiffs and uh, and quarrels and things so long as you know as these are you know just quick and they're little and you know they stop as soon as they start that's nothing to be concerned about that will happen um so you know go ahead and watch out for that you don't want it to get out of hand but it's okay now on the other hand, if um, you know if your older dog is simply just not accepting the younger dog whatsoever, um, if you know if if quarrels you know are are very very common and they're long and you know especially if you get to the point where you're afraid that either of them um, are going to get hurt, then I highly highly recommend that you call in a an animal behaviorist to help you out. Um, now, with that, what what. The point at which you're going to want to do that, do it sooner than later. If you're if if it's the first day and you're not sure, well, that's okay. It may take a couple of days for them to kind of figure out things and become comfortable with one another. But after a, after a week or two, um, then they should they should be comfortable enough that it shouldn't be a big problem anymore for the two of them to be around one another. Um, and like I said, if you know at any time if it seems like um, one of them is going to get hurt call in a behaviorist right away. And that's, and that, and that's true, whether it's, you know, the first day, the first month, or, you know, three years later. So, um, so those are a few things to keep in mind to help you guys have um, a great introduction and have both of your dogs be successful living together and eventually become best buddies. Um, much, much like siblings, they, they may have their little, their little tiffs every now and then, but, uh, you know, eventually you may find, you may find them loving on each other and maybe even napping together when they don't think that you're looking. So, um, so best of luck with that from that angle. Now, um, oh, one, one last tip. If they, if there is a fight, um, if fight does break out, don't let them fight it out. There's some, some people will, um, give that advice, but, um, that can, that can really, uh, make for a touchy relationship for later on. If, um, if you do see them beginning to fight, you know, break them up and, um, you know, and call the behaviorist for that. That's, and when I say fight, I'm just talking about, you know, the point at which um, one of them may actually hurt the other. Um, little puppy teeth are sharp. So if you, you know, so if you do see a cut or a scratch, um, then that's fine. That's probably an accident. But if, if you start to see more than just a few, or if, you know, or if you actually see one of the dogs really 
um, go for the other, then go ahead and call somebody in before it becomes a problem. Um, so that is, that is it for introducing them. Um, so far as the rest of your question, you were talking about with training and um, whether it would be confusing for the puppy to have two, you know, two quote unquote masters. Um, I would say, I would say no. As a matter of fact, um, so far as having an, a, a quote unquote alpha human for the puppy, every human that is in your, you know, that's in your dwelling place, as well as really every other human that your dog comes in contact with ever should be, um, you know, alpha to your dog, meaning they should, you know, be of higher status than your dog in the pack hierarchy. So, um, so that, so ways that you can help to, you know, to get that across to the dog are by having, you know, everybody in the family help with training and um, work on training. Um, everybody in the family can take on, you know, roles in the care of the puppy, you know, be that, you know, feeding or, you know, house training, um, what have you. So actually, it's, it's more confusing for the dog if, if the two people treat it differently than um, if there's a unified stance. I mean, you know, if you think of it in terms of a, in terms of a little kid, you know, if, if, ma- if mom absolutely won't let them watch a certain TV show, but, you know, but dad doesn't care, then, you know, they learn to play that out real, real well, and they'll take advantage of uh, whoever's the biggest pushover. Same thing with the dogs. It's amazing how they figure that out. So um, what I, what I would recommend is that um, everybody living in the house should definitely um, take a role in training. Uh, You can, you asked if both humans should get equally involved, you can you can do your best to get equally involved. Chances are, just as time goes on and um, the dog is in the house, there will be one person that the dog looks to more for training, or that just you know takes on more of a role with the training, just because that's how your you know your dynamics in your house work, and that's fine. But um, but make sure you know before before the puppy comes in that you know that both people decide whether or not it's allowed on the couch, for example. And, you know, with a Great Dane, that's a really important conversation to have up front. Um, And make sure that both people do the exact same thing so far as that goes. So so that's pretty much what you're going to want to do so far as training. Um, If you, you know, if you have any other questions on that or you'd like me to expand on that a little bit more, and I would would love to do that. But um, basically, every person should be a, a figure of authority to the dog. And that'll make the dog much, much happier to kind of, you know, know how the structure is in the family and to, you know, to grow up in a family that is structured and where it can look for guidance from everybody else who's there. So thanks so much for writing in, Daniel, and best of luck with your new puppy. Congratulations. Now, I believe we have a listener's story to share with everyone. And this one is called Computer Attack from Melissa. Melissa writes, I have a hilarious story about Ginny to share with you. Let me start off by telling you that Ginny is a pointer mix and is therefore fascinated by squirrels, birds, and anything else that moves. She will sit and stare at squirrels outside the window for hours, shaking in anticipation of getting to them. The other day, I was using the computer, and Ginny came over to me for attention. I invited her to put her front paws and front half of her body in my lap so I could pet her while I worked. A few moments later, she began to stare at the computer screen, crying and whining like she does when she wants to chase a squirrel. At first, I had no idea what she was doing, but then I realized her eyes were following the cursor. 
I moved the mouse around and her eyes continued to follow the cursor until she decided she wanted to catch the cursor and she launched herself at the computer screen. Luckily, I grabbed her before she did any damage to the computer and pulled her back. She will now sit next to me when I am on the computer and stare at the cursor. This is funny, but I hope my computer survives it. I thought dogs were not supposed to have great eyesight, but Ginny sees very well. Just thought I would share that. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, Melissa. We definitely enjoyed it. I, I want my dogs to do that. Well, I, I don't know. It, so, it sounds like the monitor is in danger now. Well, this monitor is an old monitor. Maybe well, we'll get a flat screen when this is working <laughs> with the dog now. Yeah, yeah. Our, our monitor is an old monitor, but... Uh, yeah, I hope I hope she doesn't attack it attack it too heavily. Um, actually, it's really interesting because to hear you talk about dogs not having great eyesight. Because recently, I've read a number of things about dogs' eyesight that just kind of you know stood things that I'd thought on on their ear. Um, one being, well, everybody hears about dogs being colorblind. Um, and I, rem- I even remember a commercial from some years ago for, I believe it was dog food, where it was supposed to be through the vision of the dog, and so it was in black and white. But actually, they're not fully colorblind. They're red-green colorblind. So they just see everything in, uh, in blues and, and yellows and grays. Kind of interesting. And so far as whether or not their eyesight is as good or um, not as good as ours, it's really, it's different. They're good at, they're good at different things. Um, like, for example, people have, a, have very good acuity. So they're very good at, at basically seeing, like, the edges of things. Um, dogs aren't necessarily as good at seeing the edges. However, dogs have much better eyesight when it comes to picking up motion. Which makes sense because, you know, they're predators, so it's really important for them to be able to see things when they're moving. Um, but on the other hand, with so many of, of the prey out there being, um, being so well camouflaged already, I mean, that's how they've evolved, that's how they've survived, it would probably be tough for the dog to pick them out of, um, of a place just based on color. It would be more the motion. So, um, so, that's, so that's really interesting how you're, how you're saying that Ginny was really, really liking the motion of the cursor and seeing it moved around. Um, yeah, yeah, she sounds actually a lot, like Ky- a lot like Kyler. I kind of hope that Kyler doesn't notice the mouse cursor because if so, then we're in big trouble because she does the exact same thing, L- just loves to watch things moving around. So, uh, so that's, a, that's a really, really cute story. I, I really like that. It makes, it makes me think that... Um, you want to especially keep sight hounds away from the computer then. That's right. They may actually go online and use it. <laughs> but thank you so much again for that story. And we love getting our listeners' stories about their dogs. Dogs do the, the craziest things, the most amusing things, and things you would just never, ever think of. So it's so wonderful to hear about you know, their different antics from everybody out there. Um, we gives us a lot of a lot of laughs and uh, every every now and then a little tear or two but that's just part of the wonderful thing about living life with dogs so please keep sending in your stories and you can either email them to us and we'll read them on the air or if you would like to send them to us in voicemail form we can play them on the air as well the information for you to send them will be available at the end of the show but we're not there quite yet um first let's take a break for a word from our sponsor a dog's gotta do what a dog's gotta do. Hey, I should know. I'm a dog. Wolf. And what I gotta do is chase squirrels. Especially the one digging holes in my yard. Someday soon I'll get free and chase that lawn wrecker right out of town. 
You don't think your dog will run away. Your dog might think differently. One in three pets will get lost. Without ID, 90% won't return home. That's why vets recommend the Home Again Microchip, a safe, permanent ID that can bring your pet home. Talk to your vet about Home Again and visit homeagainpets.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Home Again, for sponsoring the Canine Cast and for providing us with such entertaining spots to share with you guys. We have some listener pictures. Actually, we have one from Rich, and it's of his dog, Bella. Bella is a 10-week-old chihuahua who loves to give high fives and can climb over any baby gate known to man. And there's a huge picture of this little teeny dog in our email box today, which, of course, has gone on the listener picture gallery and in the Enhanced Podcast. So I hope your iPod screens are big enough to handle this one. Thanks, Rich, for sending us the picture of Bella. And thanks to everybody who has sent in the pictures of their dogs, because we always love seeing them. It's so cute. Go ahead and see those in the gallery. So, And if you haven't checked out our gallery, um, you can do that from the website, and all of that information will be available for you at the end of the show. And speaking of that, we're just about there. So please remember to send in your stories, your pictures, your questions, and your comments. We love hearing from all of our listeners. And until next time, please remember, if you haven't already, to please spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about CanineCast, please send an email to caninecast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail at 206 206- 338-DOGS. And you can leave a comment on our website at caninecast.com.